What would Aunt P say? We're about Woo-hoo! to find out. We're about to find out. <laughs> You're gonna find out just like us. <laughs> I also think there's difficulty in trying to find a balance because I wanna be selfless. I wanna have a heart yeah. for others. I wanna think of them, but I also don't want to um be a doormat. I guess for lack of a better word, you know what I mean? Like oh, I, yeah. I don't want to um, stretch myself so thin that I don't even care about myself at the end of the day because in the right. past I've been a selfish friend a hundred percent. Like, I mean, I've already admitted I was a selfish friend. I was saying you're not being a good friend and you're not being a good friend and you're not being a good friend. Yeah. And now I so badly want to be a good friend that I'm trying to have a heart for others, but I'm like, wait, don't, right. don't let people walk on you. And I don't, right. but it's, it's, I think there's a difficulty in finding that balance sometimes yeah, for some there people. There is to not be, to be so wanting the approval or another or wanting, or wanting to please, you know, I, I'm a Enneagram too, which is a kind of the, can tend to be the pleaser personality. I want people to be happy with me. Don't want anybody to be mad at me. And, and so thus won't draw a boundary. A lot of people are like that. They'll, 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 they'll give up of themselves, sacrifice of themselves so that someone else is happy, almost to the point of self-betrayal. And so when it gets to there, you're looking at a little more of codependency because I was, I did a codependency um, group with another therapist at where I work as a therapist. And she is a fabulous, she's really knows codependency. Well, she's much more versed in it than I am, but she, her own definition of it was um, uh, acting in self, self-betrayal, but calling it love. Like, so if you're giving too much of yourself, so another one else is happy or to make them love you more, that is not necessarily healthy behavior, whether it's dating, whether it's friendship. And so if, if you're loving, 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 trying so much and someone's not being your friend, maybe there's a reason, maybe that's not a friendship you're supposed to have, or it definitely, like I said earlier, it needs to be a healthy give and take because there's some people, not everybody will take advantage of someone in that situation and they'll take and take and take and take 100%. and not give back. And that, and that, and the pleaser personality is like, always feeling like i said how do you feel when you leave do you feel depleted when you've left because you've given them too much and got nothing in return so you're depleted because you've emptied out but not been filled i don't mean the bucket i just mean relational give and take do you have something i do but i think sarah has something what you got sarah I was just saying, I everyone in this room knows this about me. I am the doormat. <laughs> I'm not very good about that. <laughs> it is very true. We all know it. But and it's something I'm actually trying to work on because a lot of the time in past relationships and friendships that I've been a part of, especially in high school and college, I would let people walk over me and I would let people kind of take control of the friendship because I always had this fear in my mind of if I didn't do everything for them, drop everything, do all these things, then I would lose them. They would leave you. They yeah. would leave me. And I think for me, as a Enneagram 9, who is a peacemaker, Ooh. one of my fears is of being alone. Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the time, like, not having any friends, not, you know, doing something wrong to win, therefore, I lose my friends. And so, I guess I'll ask all rephrase my things in a question what would your advice be both of you to someone like me who the people has pleaser. that fear who is a people pleaser and can a lot of the time and this still happens to this day and i'm trying to work on it but that you know there is that reality of people you know potentially taking advantage of me in a way because sometimes i can be aware of it and sometimes i'm not so i guess if that makes any sense at all it does. It does. I'll, I'll speak to that first, Claire Bear. Um, I think, I think one one thing to do is to go with what you know to be true in evidence based thinking. So, what I would ask you is is if you're worried someone's mad at you or that they're upset with you, and that peacemaker nine is really unsettled, do you get up in your head a lot? 
Yes, very much so. Okay. So that, that happens a lot. People, a lot of people do this. They'll think, oh, these people are mad at me and I can't, I cannot resolve it until I know that they're mad at me or not. I cannot be okay. And so it's so what you have to do is go to what you know to be true and do some what I call evidence based thinking like and write down is this person my friend have I done anything to make them mad at me have I done anything to um, make them upset with me what could it what could it be you know and there's nothing if you go to there's nothing I've done nothing I can think of nothing I've done and also I would say just again giving the benefit of the doubt and assuming automatically because because we automatically assume they're mad. And so do the opposite automatically try to automatically assume and for, even write on a sticky write on a note card you have near have it on your phone mm-hmm. something that you can look at pretty quickly that says everything is fine uh they're not mad no one's mad at me right. you know every and just that you and start thinking because because our brains are our neuro pathways are like are like highways in our brains to automatically so with thoughts we have regularly are like a highway and thoughts we don't have very much are like a path through the woods you know so you want to make that that path of the woods is probably no one's mad. It's fine. I'm going to do my thing and live in the now Mm -hmm. because you don't know. And so, so the, the key is what do you do with that wrestling of the not knowing is to go, okay, I'm going to assume that everything is fine. Cause wouldn't it be great to be an Enneagram eight. And if you don't know Enneagram, we can explain that another, uh, go Google it or whatever. It's, it's a tool. It's It's a test. It's a tool for counseling. It's not something to do life by necessarily, but it's a great tool to know yourself and evaluate who you are and how you respond to others. But anyway, so an Enneagram eight is very confident my way, the highway. They don't worry about what people think necessarily. So yeah, they're the opposite. But um, anyway, but it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing that you, you care what people think, but to take it too far is to let them hold in their hands, your peace. You've taken the, your peace and you've handed it to someone else and said, okay, you hold my peace because until I know that you're okay with me, I'm not going to have peace. Well, just reach right over and Mm. take it back out of their hand, put it back in your heart and go, I, I'm good. And if there's something that you did say that you, that you know is an offense, that something's wrong, go say, Hey, sorry. But, but again, think about it first and don't let it. Yeah. Just, just um, give yourself the benefit of the doubt and, and take back your, what I would call your, that piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sarah and I are on two ends of the spectrum. We, we couldn't be more different. And, you know, but I've seen Sarah go through that and have seen friends walk on her to where I'm behind her going, whack, you're out. And Sarah's like, no. And I'm like, no, whack. You know, like I'm trying to get them out of her life. And Sarah's like, no. And I'm like, let them go out. Them. You know? I'm like, nope, bye. Oh, and mom, and, here you go. And has a word And this speak. is my mom. Welcome, Anne. Hi. Thank you. Um, I think that one thing I would say about friendship, I've been very blessed my whole life to have wonderful, fabulous friends. And that's something our dad kind of taught us about friendship and showed us that um, friendship is really about giving and Mm -hmm. giving to the other person. And in the summertime, I am um, very blessed to work with uh, young adults and teenagers. We have a lot of friendship drama friendship toxicity okay we have um but a bunch of of new people yeah. in there together in one place for six weeks we have happens. we deal yeah. with new friendships old friendships um people mad at each other but the one thing that i tell them is you know you need to give um in your relationships you always need to give as a friend but you have to make sure that your friend is also equally giving to the friendship if they're taking too much 
and, you know, stressing the relationship, then that is a red flag. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to give 100 percent to your to your friendships and pour into your friends. But you also need to make sure that um, they're not taken away from you. And I have a very best friend that is an eight Enneagram and she um, but she is a giver, too. Um, She gives to our friendship and I give to her. So it's a, a very balanced relationship and thankfully most of my friendships are like that um but again i think um the teenagers and the young adults i work with um if one thing i would say to them is just be a giver and um not a taker but yet if a friend is taken from you then you know check that friendship yeah and don't overgive. don't overgive to the point yeah. of yeah. um and as a pleaser i'm also a pleaser and sometimes that's hard for me as well. But I've learned um, to try to make sure that if I feel like I'm, you know, it, even even if they walk away from the friendship, it's OK. If I feel like I am right. pleasing, yeah. you know, too much or that kind of thing. Yeah, so. and sometimes that's a great point. Sometimes as a pleaser um, or when you're thinking that stuff through, you got you got to go to worst case because sometimes something that can help you get through all the stuff in your head when you're over way overthinking something and you're all up in your head is to go, okay, let's walk it all the way out to worst case. Worst case is I lose him forever as a friend. And am I going to survive that? Yes. Yeah. And so then you just, and that just kind of reels the, you know, those zippy line cords, like, like a vacuum cord, it pulls it right back in, like pull yourself right back in and go, I am, you know, I, I, I'm good. And I'm, I'm a good friend. Like remind what yourself, yourself, what you know to be true. I have, I am a giver, but are you giving so much that to, to fill your bucket? And that's part of the pleaser thing is, is I need your approval in my bucket. I need you to love me. Make sure you're not mad at me in my bucket. And then I'm going to be okay. And then my bucket's going to be full. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the What Would Aunt P Say podcast. We're so glad you were with us. And we hope you'll continue the conversation with us through our social media channels. Claire, let's, what are those? Tell Absolutely. us what those are. Yeah, you can find <laughs> us at What Would Aunt P Say on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Yay. don't forget that our DMs are open for any yes. questions, comments, concerns, any topics Conversations. you want us. Absolutely. Anything you want us to cover. And um, if you love this episode, and we hope you did, we hope that you guys will leave us a rating and some comments and be back again. That'd be great. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) Goodbye.